0: goblins and ghouls and welcome to another episode of my haunted life podcast with me your host Angela Hartshorn. How is everyone doing today? I have mostly set up the new podcasting area in the new house. I'll be posting videos on TikTok and in the Facebook group coming up soon it's not a hundred percent there yet but it's coming together i say as all the internet has died on me all of a sudden everything is hardwood floors and so far blank walls which is awesome except for podcasting so i really hope the sound is good and not bouncing all over the place Hopefully, you can't hear the random saw in the background from outside somewhere. A little bit of housekeeping. In the Facebook group, I asked what type of tea do people like to drink while listening to spooky podcasts. So now I'm asking you all as well to make sure everybody gets a say. What are your favorite teas to curl up with on a stormy night and by candlelight listen to My Haunted Life? Or watching a horror movie or what have you? My friend Tanya over at The Witch Daily Show does podcast teas, and I really love this idea, especially considering it's in my tagline. So I'm contemplating doing some. Spooky blends for us. But I love all tea, so I need some help narrowing it down. So send me your ideas. You can hop on the podcast Facebook page or group, group is probably better, or email me your ideas at my haunted life podcast at gmail. On today's show, I have the one and only one of the sweetest creatures I know, the amazing Kiki Dombrowski. Kiki has been on the show before all the way back in episode 12, telling me all about her haunted adventures in Nashville. This week, we talk about Kiki's new book, A Curious Future, a handbook of unusual divination and unique ocular techniques. I thought there was a lot in the last edition but Kiki has completely outdone herself. So it's all it there's so much in this you guys it's not even funny. Kiki is also the featured artist for the Lugnazda subscription boxes from Faux Couture. That should sound familiar if you've been following the podcast for a little bit. The boxes are lovingly handmade by me to help you celebrate the holiday. Kiki created a solid fragrance for each box as well as an opportunity for a tarot class with Kiki herself. She's so talented and amazing and really fun freaking busy. Oh my god. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. On today's podcast, I am so excited to have my darling friend Kiki Dombrowski back On the podcast! she I can't remember what episode you did, but you were way back toward the beginning. And uh, we were talking... We've talked about a lot of stuff, let's be honest. But one of the big reasons why you are on today is you are the guest artist in uh, the Fog Couture subscription box coming out. And... If you didn't have something else to do cuz you are literally so busy
1: you have a new book. Oh. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to talk with you again. It's it's just such a treat to get together and and, and spill the tea, right? Yes. Like the, the, the supernatural tea. Yes. Um so yeah, um thank you. Um yeah, I'm so excited about doing the the, the um the, the subscription box in yes. August. And then also the, the the book is a Curious Future and it's it's a re-release of um a book that I self-published. It's been republished with which way? And it is uh twice as big. Yes it is it's illustrated it's full, obviously, because it's twice as big. It's it, I've, I've obviously added a ton of content to it. Um, it's a book on divination. And um, I should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a divination book. So it, the thing that I love about this edition is that the expansion really gives you the opportunity to see so many different varieties of exploring and using divination but it also includes um my own personal encounters with it um personal stories Ooh. i have people come on and share their own uh insights and wisdom with with um their you know inter- en- encounters and interpretations of, of, of divination as well so it's it's a really fun fun book so yeah
0: <laughs> that is awesome
1: yeah thank you oh my God. I'm so happy that you're holding a copy too. I am. Like that is like VIP. Like I think Tanya got her copies today as well. So
0: Oh wow.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm so happy everybody's getting their their hands on one. And I think I think Michael has one also. So um, they're finally arriving and then um, th- as we record this, the book is available on Amazon for pre-order, and it gets officially released on July 13th.
0: Yes! And
1: we're coming up quick on that. Oh Very my god,
0: quick. yes. I'm not sure what date the subscription box is coming out. I'm going to have to look that up. I should know that. <laughs> um, oh my god. So real quick, I want to knock out subscription stuff first. So cuz we're going to talk so much divination. You guys, there's so much Oof. in this book. I just have notes written to ask questions. Yes. So it's going to be insane. We're going to learn stuff today. Um, so, for the subscription box, what have you sent to me? They smell amazing.
1: Thank you. So there's a couple goodies um, for the subscription box. I did two solid fragrances. Um, one of the fragrances is called Harvest Home, and it's meant to be a celebration of harvest festivals and harvesting um, you know, like sort of like delicious decadent fruits. Um and so there's sort of the fragrance of of um there's it's almost got like a peach and a pear. Um, but it's also got this sort of like um, creamy oat scent to it. So it's just meant to be something to, to, to wear maybe in August and September mm. or whenever. But it's just really, it was inspired by Luag Nassad. Um And the other fragrance is called Hedge Witch. And that is meant to celebrate the herbs and the flowers that um, perhaps lie in liminal space on our own properties and um so there's a fragrance it's more of a floral and an herbal fragrance um there's a smell of lilac in there um but the thing that i think is really fun about that solid fragrance is that there's actually wormwood essential oil so um yeah it, it was just a lot of fun to put those together i really like solid fragrances um i find that people enjoy using them because they're a little bit more um I don't know, like they're they're just they're easier to carry around, they're easier to use, you can smell them. Uh, they last for a super long time. So um those are pretty generous sizes. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> huge. That's that's like a that's a good size. Um it's what is it like two ounces of, of solid fragrance oil? Two, four, something. It's it's a lot. I think it's two, but two, don't quote I me. <laughs> you can bring it in your travel carry on. I know. Yes.
0: That. <laughs> that's the important thing. Oh, my God. Um, and they smell amazing. I, I can't decide which one's my favorite because I'm like, I, each time I smell one, I'm like, okay, this one's my favorite. And then I smell the other one. I'm like, no, this one's my favorite.
1: It was, I'm so glad you like them. It was, it, I love working with essential oils and fragrance oils and um, mm. really had a lot of fun putting those together. Um, and within each of the little goodie bags that that subscribers will get, there's a little card in there. Um, yes. there's two cards one is like my calling card so like if you need to reach out to me my info is on there like you'll find like my email and whatever I think I have my phone number on there please just text message <laughs> I don't pick up the phone like I pick up the phone from my mom <laughs>
0: you are braver than I I never put my phone number on anything but
1: it's fine people need the people tend to text message so I, unless you're my mom or my dad or my sister or my boyfriend The best thing you could do is send a text message, but I'd prefer you send an email that's on there, too. Um, So the other thing that's in there, too, is um, if you send me an email, you could sign up for a free divination seminar I'm getting. And so this is meant to be just like a day where we get together and we just talk about divination. It's meant to go along with uh, the contents of a curious future. You know, I, I'm thinking it will probably be a good hour and a half, maybe two hours of just talking about different different divination. Uh, um, and that's free to people. All they need to do is just send me an email that says, please sign me up. And I'll just send them the Zoom invite.
0: That's amazing. Oh, my God
1: yay happy subscription box everybody Welcome yes
0: on. <laughs> oh my god and i had to look it up because i was like well the podcast comes out
1: so the book comes out which day Well july 13th is the official date of release okay. you can go ahead and pre-order it now and you Perfect. can get it not only on amazon but like you can get it on, like barnes and noble and target and um other large i'll just say other you know book retailers yes yeah.
0: That makes sense.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so I looked. The podcast comes out July 15th. Perfect. And the boxes go on sale July 16th.
1: Oh, my God. Perfect timing. Perfect, perfect. perfect
0: timing. So that's yeah. really exciting. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so exciting. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited for you. It's like uh, if people remember the first podcast you were on. Uh, we were talking about how, I think we were talking about, I think it's on the podcast and not just us talking before, even though we talked an hour and a half before we actually started recording. (laughs) Um, but in that podcast, we were discussing you walking on the beach in Georgia, trying to find seashells to do seashell divination for the book
1: yes (laughs) that is absolutely right um uh, uh i so just a little background too i lived in uh nashville tennessee for about um about 12 or 13 years wow for a while and finally made the decision to relocate to the ocean i'm just a just such a beach bum like i'm just such a a beach witch Mm -hmm. i love being in the water um and one of the things i really felt called to do was write in the book about seashell divination and collecting shells and using different shells to represent different meanings within the kit and, and and write about that kit in the book um And and I think that that's something that people could do, whether they live on the coast or they live inland Um, and and, and just touching them then could kind of bring you back to that mother ocean energy. Um, The the shells just are so powerful to me. Um, You know, perhaps people would also liken it to getting a a bone kit or a bone and trinket kit. Yeah, yeah. you know, maybe maybe you just have a trinket kit and you just want to use one or two seashells. But I'm just one of those people that's just such a beachcomber. Like I just want to walk up and down <laughs> the, the coast and like look for every single pretty shell. Like you know, I'm I've got who's it's and what's it's plenty and you know, what are the lyrics of the Little Mermaid oh song? Oh my god! <laughs>
0: that's all I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna picture now is that.
1: Um, but so it was also a lot of fun for me to put that seashell kit together because I ended up learning about all the different types of shells and like what their names were. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that in itself kind of inspired the way I created the interpretations to go along with them. And so for readers, hopefully when they read the seashell bit, they, they say, wow, you know, I want to make a kit that's similar to this, or this is really inspiring. I'm going to, take this and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And really, I hope that's how people feel when they read the book in general and any, you know, chapter or type of divination uh, that they open it and go, you know, what? I, I'm going to follow this to a T and see how it works. Or if you prefer, you know, I'm going to use this as step one and, and just find the path that works best for me.
0: I'm just like, I I'd, I'd, as someone who grew up in Colorado, in the mountains, nowhere near <laughs> seashells. I'm like, there's so many seashells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. <laughs>
1: tons. I, I learned so much about different shells. I think my favorite are called olive shells. They're, you know, kind of conical looking. Mm-hmm. But they're really, really sturdy. Like, I describe them as these, like, sturdy um, cylindrical shells. And they They come in all sizes, and it was interesting to me because there are sometimes where I go to the beach and I find none, and then there are sometimes when I go to the beach and it's like all I could find are this one type of shell. Oh. Um, So, uh, I I think that that maybe this is also kind of fun too for um, ocean witches, beach witch witches, or you know, sort of like water witches, you know, or, or or just anybody that's interested in divination who's by the beach and wants to try something really organic this is a way that feels really really is a special way to connect with the energy of the ocean which for me is incredibly healing and I think divination can be healing too so it works out well but yeah there's tons of different types of shells it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun and you know um, the, the shells in my kit are specific to um, the Georgia, you know, like the, the, the Southern, uh, the, the Southeast, you know, like the oh. Southern Atlantic. Um, but they vary from wherever you go in the world. So maybe, maybe when I go snorkeling internationally again, now that uh. we're ish post pandemic, um, maybe I'll find shells abroad that I could add to the kit. And that's kind of the fun thing about, you know, bone that's and cool. trinket and shell kits is that you can start with maybe, you could have five things. You could start with five things. One means love. One means money. One means health. Whatever it is, but what is so profound and beautiful about these kits, including the shell kits, is that you collect and you use things that you have a personal connection uh-huh. to. They have a, a story, a memory attached to them. So it really makes it a very special, special kit. So
0: no, yeah, I love it. I have
1: to send you some seashells. <laughs> yes.
0: I still have the ones you sent me from the first time. They oh. they live on my altar now, cause they're not allowed. They're like they're my kiki shells. I need to find now. I'm not, now I'm like I need to go through the book and figure out which shell, shells you sent me. Yes, and maybe and I put could them in my bone too. kit. Yeah, that'd be fun. I want to do that. Oh my god. Um. So I'm just me being me going through the book. One of the things that you told me right before we came on is there. First of all, you guys, there are so many different types of divination, it's not even funny. Some of these I've never heard of, or there there's some that I didn't know what their name was, and now I know what their names are, that sort of thing. It- I love this. All of them, all the chapters, are in alphabetical order.
1: That is correct. Yes, you start with aromancy and you end with tassiography. So um, that's it. Well, actually, technically, we start with getting started because I really wanted to um, set the mood of the book by giving people different things to consider for supporting. um, I'll say this for supporting best practices when doing divination and psychic and intuitive work. I think that there are mm. things that we can do to create, a and I'll say this like a healthy setting, maybe a setting where we feel we can work, um, where we can be vulnerable, but we're also protected. Um, and then this chapter also goes into different techniques for, um, enhancing your psychic abilities, whether it's, you know, doing meditation, uh, or <laughs> making a psychic tea. There's even like a crystal grid. Like I even like came up with a nice. crystal grid to, to build if you wanted to. So we start with that. But but yeah, you're right. You know, um, the, the divination book itself, it, it covers some very common things. So we do talk about cardamancy. So you're going to read a little, we're going to have a little look at, um, you know, tarot and Oracle and Lenormand. And, and you know, I talk about astrology a little bit. But then there's also like interesting things in here like like um, how to read auras. Um, yeah,
0: that I opened that first. And I was like, whoa.
1: Yeah, and I'm really I'm really into food divination and forest divination. Literally oh, just open
0: to food divination.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so I think I I guess my point is 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 yes, you can you can explore and 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 look at this book as like an invitation. This is an invitation to divination, which I love because that's also a rhyme. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, it's, a, it's, good. it's this invitation to divination. Like it, it's a gateway book. It's meant to encourage you and welcome you into all different types of divination. Whether you want to go with those things that a lot of people talk about all the time, AKA astrology mm-hmm. or tarot, or if you want to try something totally different, like seashells or divination with food or working with dice you know there's just we cover I try and cover as much as possible
0: (laughs) I love it I think I just found the divination that is perfect for me I need to work on
1: Ooh, what is it true tray triomancy is that tiromancy the cheese yes (laughs) I love
0: it (laughs) I have found my form you guys oh yes, my god the
1: tiro tiromancy um Jeez. the divination of cheese um people and i think it's really interesting too i mean i think if you're creative enough or you just you just want <clears throat> to try you can make a divination out of anything and i think Fair. that cheese divination is a great example of that um and so in the middle in, in the middle ages people would either like interpret the shape of holes in cheese um but there are also people that would like let cheese mold and then they would interpret the way the mold grew (laughs) i'm like i don't want to waste a good cheese (laughs) yes that that's initially
0: my feeling
1: so um yeah that that's a fun one um And then for, you know, for vegans, there's also divination with, with apples and believe it or not, there's a a woman who lives, I believe in England and she calls herself an asparamancer. I hope I said that right. She divines with asparagus. (laughs) Yes. How fun is that? So she takes like a whole bundle of asparagus stalks and... Throws them, and so that's considered like casting of lots. So she's casting the asparagus stalks and interpreting the shapes that the stalks make when they are on the ground. That Which is, I, I'm like, that's so good for you. That <laughs> is so wonderful.
0: Cool. Oh my god, that is wonderful. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm highly amused by that now. I'm like asparagus <laughs> and cheese. I got this. <laughs> So I just went through the book real quick and I was like, okay, we're a haunted podcast. I know Kiki. She likes her spooky stuff. There has to be, you know, more spiritually inclined things in here. And of course there are. I mean, technically any kind of divination, you're kind of working with spirit and that sort of thing. Not not saying that. Don't email me. But I had to go look for some classic ones and because the chapters are alphabetical i'm going to go with the theme of the book and stay alphabetical (laughs) so first one this is one that i i did like a seance virtually with some of my girlfriends we we tried it we were trying automatic writing and it was i don't know i don't know I had some people that had great things. Um, explain automatic writing to me.
1: <laughs> I will. Okay, so automatic writing is said to be writing where your hand is almost influenced by spirit. Um, some, And this is interesting. I'm going to say this, too. Some people say the automatic writing, it's like you just don't do anything. You don't move your hand. You just allow. It's almost like the pen becomes the planchette Hmm. and the blank page becomes the spirit board. Um, People might email me about that interpretation as well. So I'll also say, (laughs) you know, because I know that some people have, you know, have strong, strong opinions about spirit boards and rightly so. Um, but what I'm trying to say by kind of giving that, that sort of, uh, analogy, I guess, is that automatic writing is meant to allow spirit to come through your handwriting. And so a very traditional practice. And I think one that I explain in the book is, uh, people will take, uh, you know, a blank piece of paper and it could be a big piece of bank, blank paper. And they just hold the pen and maybe they aren't even paying attention to the paper and they just allow the pen to move. Um, I don't know if everybody uses that technique. I personally have not had. I did when I first when I first like when I was like a, a baby diviner, <laughs> I had a little bit of luck doing it that way. But I find that I'm very clairaudient. Mm. Um So when I do automatic writing, I will either – somebody will ask me a question to to automatic write the answer for, or I'll write it out. Um, What I do is I write the question down, not in automatic writing, just like I'm, you know, writing. Um, And it's almost like I hear the answer or – I don't know it's almost like like I'm just like a conduit like I'm I'm hearing the answer or I'm sensing the answer and just frantically just writing and it feels instead of being more of like I'm allowing my hand to be moved by something invisible it feels more stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. um so that's how I how I have used automatic writing personally. Um, some people have a lot of luck with it. Some people not so much. Um, I think it's a really interesting activity. Um, I've heard of people automatic drawing. I talk about that in the book too, where people doodle and they end up seeing creations. And I actually go into a personal time that, that I automatic drew. People will automatic play music. Um, so they'll just, you know, it's almost like they, they send spirit coming through them and they're able to just create these beautiful okay. things. But a lot of people, there are a lot of like very successful people who automatic, write. Um The two people that I could think about, uh, Oh God, I can't remember his name. I can't remember the author's name, but he wrote conversations with God. Okay. It's a little bit of an older book, so I don't know where it kind of fits into uh 2021 <laughs> but it's also a very powerful and very uh motivating book for many people so um he used automatic writing to sort of get very metaphysical reflections through divinity but more in, along the line of your podcast um Cindy casa is the medium on whole file yes i'm like i know which... that
0: name why do i know that yes. name yes
1: the- fabulous fabulous cindy she automatic writes um on, on holster files so she'll go into and, and you could the only reason i know is because i watched the show mm-hmm. so if, <laughs> if you watch you could see her in different locations and she'll have a patent paper and just be you know writing out her experience in the different locations so, huh
0: um, yeah because i thought of another one when you said drawing they're it was a husband and wife couple and one of them is psychic and the other one does the automatic drawing. Drawing? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. And, um of course, I can't remember their names now because they just popped into my head. But they've yeah. been on, like, every ghost hunting show. And <gasps> she'll just sit there and be like, she'll just sit there in the corner doing her own thing. And then her husband's out doing, you know, whatever else. And she randomly just Shows up with like
1: a drawing of a spirit. That is so cool. I I and I I'm gonna think have to look that, that up. I mean, and and I've heard that before too, all the way from like supernatural world to like super new age, where people mm-hmm. you know are like, I'm gonna draw your spirit guide. I'm going to draw your, oh. you know, your guardian angel. Um, but then you also hear about people, yeah, drawing ghosts and, um. I mean even think about it like with kids, I, I don't think it's automatic drawing but it makes me think about when kids are like they draw pictures of the ghosts that they see in their room. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or their imaginary friends. I think that's a very interesting thing. Wow, what a gift. What oh. a totally cool gift.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, I think it's kind of spiffy and it's weird cuz to me the spirits she draws 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 um are I don't know what it is, but they almost look cartoonish. Like there's there's something like they're realistic, but they look animated. If that makes sense, it's really interesting. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna send her to you.
1: And it makes you wonder, like the essence of that spirit just ends up in that 2D image, and it, but it still has life in it. I just love that.
0: It it's really cool. I'll show. I I I'll, I'll Google. I promise.
1: She's up to cool stuff.
0: Because <laughs> uh, I know during our our virtual little thing we did, um, a friend had the spirit coming through over and over and over, and she's like, "Well, show yourself. I want to see you," kind of thing. Oh. And nothing really happened. And then she's like, "Oh, I can draw him." And so she <gasps> oh. and it she did she did the thing and i don't know if she would like me to say her name so i'm not going to just in case but yeah she drew him out and it was just one of those we watched her her eyes were closed and she just kind of sat there letting the pen do what it wanted and she picked it up and was like lost it because there was sure enough a face very clearly
1: it's amazing. I it isn't, it's so amazing to think that if we're open to it and we're, you know, doing our best practices, there's, there's opportunity to have that very vivid communication. Now I, yeah.
0: I'm going to, wow. I'm going to see if she'll share it with you. Cause I have a feeling she would. Yeah, uh,
1: please. And I'll, I could, I could keep it private too. I'd, I'd love to see it.
0: Um, with, the automatic writing, is it just, is it a channeling thing? Like the spirit comes through you or is it the spirit just messing with the pencil while you hold it? Is it, Ooh, that's is it a good question? Is it maybe, situation? maybe
1: one or the other, or maybe both. Okay. I, I Maybe it just depends on the situation. Okay. And I, you know, and I even think about the way that I experience it. Maybe that feels like more of a, uh, a clear audience channeled energy where I'm, you know, to, to use really overused, um, term, I I receive a download and I have (laughs) to like furiously, like quickly write it out. And I feel very moved to, Ah. to, to write. So, but then for example, your friend who had this experience or the, you know, maybe Cindy or, or that couple that's, that's drawing those psychic pictures. Maybe it's more of that, you know, planchette, Esque experience. Ooh, say that mm. word three times fast. Plan check esque. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, that's so. So I wonder. It could. It, perhaps it just varies on the diviner.
0: Hmm. That that would be a fun one. I think to experiment with for sure. Yeah.
1: And and everybody has the ability to use divinations. So it's just determining. You know what divination am I most drawn to and that I feel most compatible with Mm -hmm. and that works best for what I am trying to, the the type of information that I'm trying to receive.
0: No, that totally makes sense because I personally was never a tarot card reader. I tried. I feel like every baby witch tries. Uh, I got really good at a certain uh, oracle card deck because it was all animals so I was good at that. But, uh, bones. Bone readings are what clicked for me. And I have a running tally. I am up to s- making seven people cry now with the information I give them.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> like good, <laughs> good cries. Cry. Releasing cries. Yeah, exactly.
0: Good cries. <laughs> yes. But, uh, I. Bones. Bones are one of my favorite things. And I, you have a chapter. Yeah. We're, we're kind of throwing the whole, um, uh, now alphabetic chapters out the window but uh bones how do you explain bone divination because i always have a hard time explaining it well
1: well i i will do the very very best that i can to explain it because (laughs) it is a very very extensive form of divination and one that i'm really excited to see um receive a revival like i feel like i went to um by the way um i need to talk to you because you need to come to pagan unity festival with Mm. tanya and i next year okay that sounds fun (laughs) but we just came from pagan unity festival in tennessee um and there were a couple wonderful uh divination specialists readers there who had bone and trinket kits um So people have been divining with bones for a really long time all over the place. Um, You know, I think of, 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 um, you know, I'm trying to like, sometimes some of the information is like, I'm like, I know it's on a page in here, (laughs) but uh, sometimes it's not right in the forefront of my mind, but there, there was one uh, culture. It may have been the Romans who made dice out of bones or they, it's like they put markings Ooh. on bones and almost threw them like dice. Um, in in either, in Asia, and my apologies for not having this correct, so hopefully somebody will fact check me with the email, um, <laughs> but it's either Tibet or China. Um, they would take uh, turtle shells and they would divine using turtle shells. They would actually like throw the shell onto a fire and then they would read the cracks that would, Form as a result of heating the shell up. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot of people, when they think of bone throwing, it's very much associated uh, with hoodoo and voodoo cultures uh, in in America, and that's really really powerful. And um, there is a writer in particular. There's actually a couple writers. Um, I mentioned Michelle Michelle Jones. Yes, is, is is somebody who I think is really really talented at sharing. The the story and the history associated with that type of bone throwing, um, and then Denise Alvarado is another author who who discusses it really well too. And I believe she's in New Orleans. I, oh. I hope I'm right. But we'll, we'll double check. She's a very nice lady, and they're both wonderful writers. Yes. Um, so that's a really long winded answer to say <laughs> bone reading is historical it's ancient it's powerful it's revered and you're also using an item that was once within a living being so it has this very esoteric essence to it there's it's embodied with spirit it's embodied with wisdom um so specifically the sort of bone divination that i'm most familiar with and what i discuss in the book although i do go into like you know how to create a, a bone set with just chicken bones um i talk about my set which is um uh, very ethically because I don't, you know, this I don't eat, eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so You're very, very ethically sourced um, items, uh, but also trinkets uh, that are associated with ancestors. Like I have trinkets from my grandparents. Um, you know, I, I found a coral, a weird coral fossil in Tennessee. Ooh. So like that's some old stuff. So what basically happens with my and I'd love to hear what your kit is like too. Um, and I'll also discuss what I saw when I was at Peg and unity festival. My kit has about 35 pieces at this point, And it's a combination of ethically sourced, um, bones that I got from, uh, people that receive them. So like I'm buying them, I'm not really actually doing the cleaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, although I did find a couple, like I found like a small piece of deer bone, um, you know, while camping, um, you know, so I have a few of those things. Believe it or not, there's actually a wisdom tooth in my kit also. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: brilliant. I saved my wisdom teeth when they were taken out. And now I have no idea where they are. <gasps> I'm going to find them and put them yeah, in my phone it, kit. That's why I saved those.
1: Right. For, you know, um, but there's also interesting pieces within my trinket kit. Like, I have a lucky coin from Italy um, that my dad had when he used to live in rome um and so i ha- and it has like a, a a dolphin on it and i'm just obsessed with dolphins oh. uh, there's a shark tooth in the kit um when i was at pagan unity festival i picked up an arrowhead um because nice. one of the readers there said that she had an arrowhead in her kit and she used the arrow as a way to emphasize something so when the arrow oh. pointed at something it's like dude pay attention to this
0: i like that um
1: some people have kits that are massive. Um, I've seen people take bone kits and they personally throw the, you know, whatever is in that kit, whether it's bones and trinkets, they throw it and wherever it lands, they then interpret it. Mm-hmm. Some people use it like a mat. So, you know, like, you know, maybe. Depending on where it lands, it represents a specific thing. I've also seen people with bone intricate kits where they actually have the person getting a reading pull the pieces that they're most drawn to.
0: Interesting. And then
1: place them down, which is so cool. Oh. Um, they'll go like, well, I really like this key. And they put the key down and the reader will go, okay, well, you just took the key. And for me, that represents accessing, you know, a secret or something that's been closed off to you. Yeah. Um, and because you placed it in the quadrant that represents the future, I believe that you're going to have a secret reveal to you know. So it's oh. just an example, but I really love that idea of like actually making your reader or the person getting a reading yeah. making the person getting a reading work for the reading.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah.
1: And, and really, quite. I mean, technically, you could do that with any any kit. Oh yeah, you? You, could totally. do that with you could do that with anything. You could do that with. With, with with tarot you could do that although I, I don't know if many tarot readers would I'm I'm a real traditionalist when it comes to tarot but you could do that with um crystals with bones with trinkets um have them throwing the dice having them you know they sip the tea cup and the tea leaves are in their cup mm-hmm. so it makes sense that they would pick stuff out huh. so I don't know. I hope that that's, that's kind of an extensive chatty way of discussing bone and trinket divination. I love it. But I feel, I feel like bone and trinket divination is extensive and chatty. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways of doing that. And I just highly recommend that if people are interested in it, just really having a reverence for the cultures that celebrate using that is really valuable, but also having a real reverence and a special place in your heart for the pieces that you utilize for your own kit.
0: No. And I love that. I'm already like my kids, maybe 20, 25 pieces. I never actually counted. Now I want to count, but I'm like, there's, I'm just, you know, just going through your, your book <laughs> with other ideas of things. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I can't get over the wisdom tooth. That's freaking brilliant. Um, <laughs> but that, that sort of thing. and, I love it. There, yeah. There's so much in here I'm very excited to go through and check out and we don't have time for that on the podcast, dang it. But, um, yeah, no, we're definitely, I'm definitely going to go through that chapter like crazy. Uh, going back to completely screwing up alphabetical order. Uh, another one you brought up, because we were, you know, talking about spooky one, spooky in quotation marks. Uh, is crying
1: oh scrying yes oh it's so funny like I heard you say crying and I was like wow crying would be a really heavy divination <laughs> uh, we'll we was... do that one today we'll do scrying
0: Ooh. Ooh. that would be awful yes Scry- scrying Let's, get that s in there uh, it might
1: be interesting like like how many tears fall and divining Ugh. like if you shed like five tears it means this and then if you you know have Five tears out of this eye and what anyways, we could you can make divination out of anything, right?
0: (laughs) Oh my god, we're going down a rabbit hole and I'm so for this. I'm like, the way it goes down your cheek. Yes. And is it the corner corner of your
1: eye? Yes.
0: But what if one falls
1: on your chest? Like what what could the divination of that be too? Oh man. Are you are you a a wiper? Do you get a like all that (sighs) stuff, like you could really really and that's why divination is so cool and i think that 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 really my hope is that people when they read about it they start to realize wow i can find something that will work for me Mm -hmm. and i can get creative and work with what i love know and and i'll find something but anyways going back to scrying so that's with an s yes with an
0: (laughs) s crying will Uh, be in the third edition
1: yeah oh my gosh um, <laughs> no pressure i'll be crying when i have to get to that one because it will probably be a bajillion pages long um so scrying is considered the art of gazing it's the divination of gazing into a reflective surface and using what you see but also what you experience in general as a form of getting a uh, a divinatory message. Um, and I say gazing because, really, technically, when we're gazing into that reflective surface, people are meant to look for something. It's mm-hmm. like they're almost using their eyesight to, like, what am I going to see? And I'm going to interpret that. But what I really want to encourage people to know, to believe, and to enjoy when experimenting with scrying is that maybe you don't see anything, but maybe you hear something. Maybe you feel something. Maybe you just chill out for five minutes. And that in itself is a wonderful exercise um, to just relax and (laughs) stare into space. But when we think of scrying, I think that the the most uh, popular image that, that people will understand scrying by is when we see people like gazing into a crystal ball yes that's scrying (laughs) um john d who was an astrologer for uh, Uh, i can't remember who was he elizabeth the second yeah okay wasn't elizabeth wasn't it yes so so we'll say like um 1400s, 1300s, 1500s England.
0: I'm looking at the book. I'm like, it just says John Dee.
1: <laughs> well, the cool thing about him is that as a result of his scrying, and I really wish I knew more about him, he's somebody that like I really need to like have a sit-down talk with, maybe through automatic oh, writing that, and scrying all at the same time. Right? There
0: you go, because um, that's a but, whole rabbit hole right there. Oh my god. Yeah. When you do John I mean, D re- when if you do some John D research let me know I'll have you on the podcast again cuz that that's a rabbit hole I yeah it's been a while
1: And there are a lot of people that uh, have more occult leanings and esoteric leanings who are really, really knowledgeable about him. So um, I, I, I can't wait to dig into that, but he was a scryer. He was an astrologer and through scrying, he was able to receive the Anakian alphabet and that is uh, supposed to be connected to sort of like divine and angelic work. So I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't think that he saw everything. He probably felt and heard things as well. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the crystal ball is the traditional scrying surface, but people also scry in darkened mirrors. Like if you go into like new age shops and witch shops, you'll see like um, obsidian uh, black glass mirrors mm-hmm. and people use that as a scrying surface and people also scry into natural surfaces as well so even scrying into a body of water um scrying uh, i it's so funny because i'm in connecticut but i had a very powerful scrying session um by gazing into the connecticut river uh, which mm-hmm. is a very very powerful body of water so for anybody that works with Spirit of Place, like, please visit Connecticut. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd be, like, a, a great, I'd, I'd love to promote Connecticut tourism <laughs> for spooky people. Um, but uh, people also scry with uh, flame. So, like, they'll, they'll gaze into, like, yes. light of a candle or even, like, like the the burning embers of a fire so it doesn't necessarily just need to be the crystal ball but it's just a surface in which you sort of soften soften your focus and your vision and you just kind of like stare almost like you stare beyond the surface and you just allow it to i don't know sometimes stuff takes shape Sometimes uh, it's interesting. Sometimes people will talk about seeing different color mists come through like, you know, reflective surfaces like mirrors. And then they interpret the color of the mist they see. Um, yeah. So I think it's really incredible. I wonder, too, if you scry in a haunted. This is something that's interesting. What if mm. you were to scry into a mirror in a haunted house? <laughs> what would you see like, do you see bloody mary i don't know like like do you what if you scry into a mirror in a haunted uh, house and you with the intention of i want to experience a historical moment that took place a memorable time in this space
0: oh man i just got goosebumps because my my brain being me went to myrtle's plantation down in um Francisville, Louisiana, and it's incredibly haunted, famously haunted. But one of the first things when you walk into the front doors is this giant mirror. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's old. It's like lead lined. It it it's like original to the house. It's a it's huge. It's it's probably like six by seven feet tall. It's huge, it's absolutely huge. But they see their, there's one where there's um, handprints on it. And it looks like, you know, fingerprints pushing through. But they think wow. that's possibly from when they got the mirror redone and it was just damaged. Uh, but it's constantly, there's people are seeing spirits in the mirror.
1: I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's just such a liminal place to look into a mirror, especially when you have two mirrors facing each other and you Mm -hmm. kind of get like that infinity loop of reflections I don't like Um, those I remember as a kid I had a childhood friend whose grandparents had that and I would just like go as far far back into that sort of like reflective infinity loop and just see what was there who's to say that's not an access point that you can create to have that experience
0: maybe that's why it gives me the heebie-jeebies to see that because we had an artist here that would do that and it was they were really cool so they were like uh mirrored shadow boxes kind of thing and then some type of buddhist inspired art Mm. And then if you looked into it, it was that, you know, that infinity thing. It just kept going because all the mirrors were angled just right to keep going. And it was just like, and they hit several of these pieces. Her, him. I don't remember. I feel bad. Uh, I don't remember their name either. But it creeped me out. Like, I did not like going in the room or in the gallery that had those, those pieces. Like, they were really cool and everybody wanted me to come check. I'm like, no. Something about that I don't like. I mean, like, mirrors, traditionally, like, when somebody dies in the house, you're supposed to cover the mirror so they don't get
1: stuck. Oh, jeez. That's an interesting... Yeah.
0: That's an old Victorian one.
1: Wow. Yeah, you know, who's to say that you're not... I mean, you're distorting reality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, it even makes me think of, like, a fun house, when you have, like, those funny mirrors that, uh... that change the way you perceive the world around you and yourself, so... Very interesting. I think the mirror is a very curious, curious, curious Ah, tool for divination.
0: (laughs) To see a curious future, perhaps. Ah, That's fun. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that mirror more. I I love the idea of scrying, but I just, I love the idea of like what happens when we use a mirror in a place that we already know is, you know, imbued with some sort Mm -hmm. of Supernature, or yes. magic or energy or can we enhance the magical energy of a space by putting mirrors a certain way and then there's people too like even think of like um the way people set up houses like they say that you know if you, you can set up mirrors to sort of like protect the home and deflect spirits from coming in so i don't know i I like that. It's a rabbit hole. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh,
0: totally a rabbit hole. Um. Interesting. Um. So, the last one I wanted to save because I I know you have feelings about this. (laughs) Uh. Seances
1: and mediumship. Ah. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, i i definitely have had the ability to communicate with uh with folks from the great beyond but by no means am i a you know professional medium that goes out and does you know uh, mediumship readings for the public but i knew enough and i've worked enough with it and i've worked with a paranormal group where i've worked with the spirit communication that it felt really exciting to have a discussion about it. Um, the thing is, this is that I, you know, I think that people are going to want to do seances and want to have these sort of experiences, no matter where they are. And my belief is, well, let's try and at least explain how to do it in a way where you can be thoughtful, protective, respectful, and also give you more resources and more homework to really allow you to feel like you, you really know your stuff. Um, I think that, you know, obviously well, I know your listeners know this, but obviously mediumship is that communication with, um, the, the, the spirits mm-hmm. of, of, of people who have passed over. But I think mediumship, maybe we could also look at it as spirits in general. Um, what if we're? What if mediumship also includes having, you know, communication with spirit of place or ancestors who protect or are guardianship uh, guardians to a, a sacred place or a certain spot in the world? Um, but séances in general are said to be uh, when a group of people come together and they try and invite the spirit of somebody into. Um, into the circle of uh, and, and to communicate with them. And with the medium present, usually mediums either channel the spirit. So uh, you'll hear people where they actually like, it's like they let the spirit talk through them or they become almost like translators where they interact with the spirit psychically and translate whatever messages need to be communicated with those who are listening Um, so I have a really wonderful friend and she's actually featured in the book her name is Susie Kerr Wright she does mediumship and um, she's like studied in England she's studied all sorts of cool you know studied with like really really cool professionals um, with mediumship but she'll speak with a group of people and somebody will come through and she starts describing what they look like Um, and then conveys the message so it's almost like it's like she sees something or she'll hear snippets of information so she's having those clairvoyant and clairaudient interactions psychically with uh, spirit sometimes with seances people really want to have sort of that physical encounter that actual paranormal experience that interaction and you'll hear of people Um, in a seance they'll say they'll actually say like if you are present why don't you knock like Mm -hmm. knock knock once for yes knock twice for no you know or they'll come up with a situation where they're doing the knocking um some people will use spirit boards um and in the book you will see two varying opinions <laughs> yes. on, on that because I know that there are people that love them and there are people that hate them um and so I wanted to offer you the opportunity to read about it but um if some people will use those in seances and some people will use pendulums or they'll use other forms of divination. Um, I am such a huge fan of Greg and Dana Newkirk. Um, they do the show Hellier and um, are really phenomenal paranormal investigators. Oh. And Dana is, is just such a, a joy to watch because she does. Um, there are times and instances where she uses tarot or they're using, you know, psychic impressions as as a way to, um, access more information on whatever investigation they're on. Um, so I really like the idea of going, okay, we're going to do a seance, but I can also communicate using my bone and trinket kit and my tarot kit or a pendulum, or maybe I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to see something, or maybe I'm an automatic writer. Um, And so, yeah, I, you know, I've been, I've, I've hosted seances really, um, and I really, I I remember the one that I recently did. um, I really wanted to see if something physical could happen. Like, can we get a knock? Can we see something? Can we feel something? And nothing came through, um, which was a pity, but that's okay. Maybe something will happen next time, but we used a pendulum and had all sorts of, Answers and responses.
0: Yes. Um, I love using pendulum for that sort of thing because I've gotten yeah. good results. Like if anybody who's ever gone onto the Patreon and looked at the ghost hunting videos, there's some
1: we we got some weird weird uh,
0: pendulum answers. Yeah.
1: I- yeah, pendulums are really powerful, and they they could really connect people to I don't know the psychic world. It's 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 like a it's a really good gateway tool mm-hmm. into divination. Yes. And it's gentle. Um and it's approachable and it can and, and I like the word gentle. They can be tender, but you you can use them in a seance. <laughs> so they could be tender because people use them to align their chakras during the Reiki session, but they can also be used when you're in a seance, which to me Feels a little bit more advanced right like I, oh, yeah. I would really say that like when you're talking about things like uh pendulums that's something that I think anybody can pick up and they could do and they could feel confident with but when I think of things like maybe even automatic writing or mediumship or seances that's something that requires a hefty amount of studying and practice and support from people that know what they're doing
0: oh yeah so you mentioned it I want to ask you East. your personal opinion as it is literally written in the book <laughs> to Ouija or not to Ouija. Yeah.
1: That is the question. Yes. <laughs> so, um, when I wrote that and, and I guess that, that it's interesting, my opinion is I personally don't use them. It's not my tool of choice. Um, but it's funny because look what's on the cover of the book, a planchette. Yeah. It is such an iconic form of, you know, communication with the other world that we can't negate it or just decide that everything that happens with it is evil and detrimental. I think that more than anything, I err on the side of caution because I don't want to see people end up interacting or encountering, interacting with or encountering things that, Are negative or draining or toxic or uncomfortable. That ends up scaring them, and I just don't want to see that. So I err on the side of caution and just say, you know what? If you're going to use a form of divination, look at there's a whole book on other forms (laughs) of divination. You don't need to jump right into this. so one person you'll see come up in the book frequently and, and you know her and um tanya yeah um who uh is the editor of which way magazine but she also helped edit the book she really is very pro spirit board and says well you know mm-hmm. what any form of divination is an interaction with spirit it's a form of communication with spirit therefore why shouldn't you use spirit boards um and it's interesting, too. I think at one point I even started to, like, contemplate, well, I think the issue is, is that Ouija boards are something you can buy at Target. Well, you can buy tarot cards at Target, too. Like yeah. Urban Outfitters carries tarot cards. Like, people get tarot cards at Whole Foods now. I got an Oracle deck at TJ Maxx one weekend, because I'm always shopping at <laughs> TJ Maxx. So, <laughs> but, I mean, who's to say that because, like, you bought it at a certain place, it doesn't hold the right type Mm -hmm. of power. Um, I I think it's really the amount of, of, of reverence and practice and, and work that you put into it. That's what you're going to receive back. And so that's where I, am very cautious about spirit boards because the reason scary stuff happens is, is we think of Ouija boards with like, you know, adolescent girls getting together and like doing a slumber party and doing something. They just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so, so maybe spirit boards are something that, you know, I'll, I'll lean on the side of like, well, let's, let's look at all the other chapters and see what else we can do mm-hmm. before we tackle that. And then we'll tackle that like two or three years from now. Whereas Tanya is just like, <laughs> dude, you know, just realize that this is all communicating with spirit. Um, I don't know what it works. What are your thoughts? Cause I, I think I know where, where your where your thoughts are. So I
0: literally fall directly between the two of you. I I am of the opinion that yes, it is a tool, but it's a tool you need to learn how to use. Yes. And um uh like I and there's stories about ghost hunters who don't use you know, Ouija boards, they use the new spirit boxes or EMF detectors and all that oh. and things coming through. So it's like anytime you communicate with spirit, I feel like you are in danger of connecting. And getting stuck with something, um, I feel like some things uh, are harder to do that with, and some are easier to do that with. And I also feel like with Ouija boards, they have they have this preconceived notion, like you're you. Every horror movie out there at some point in their franchise has a Ouija board in it. So as one of those people go into it to be scared and connect to something negative, that's what they're going to connect to, is my feeling. That being said, I recommend people use pendulums if they're not ready.
1: Yeah, you know. Nice and simple. uh, That's really interesting. To your point, are Frank boxes and... All of that, is that just, like, an IT techie version of the Ouija board? Totally. Like it's, but but it's interesting, too, because when I think of, like, paranormal investigators that I, and this is, I'm talking about back, way, way, way back in the day, like, like, Ghost Hunters season one. Yes. yes. You know, it was such, it was so frowned upon and taboo to be like oh yeah well we used a Ouija board mm-hmm. because it would be like uh oh that means your house is haunted you know and like it, it, but I think that that's I, I do I wonder too you really are you're opening something up and, and maybe that's why you know any form of divination any form of spiritual work whether it's within divination whether it's within witchcraft whether it's you know going to church and whatever it is you when you open up that spirit or, or you going, I want to communicate with spirit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you have to be prepared that that might happen. And there's that saying about, you know, and I've said this before as well, because I agree when you look at the phenomena, it will look back.
0: Um, Ooh, I like that.
1: So the, and I'm not the first person to say that that's, you know, that, but I believe it. And yeah. I have seen it. So so you know what are you looking for because that's gonna look back at you yeah um we're getting into some deep stuff yeah all of a
0: sudden it's like whoa i'm just like i want the phenomenon line on a t-shirt that's good i like that
1: i i guarantee you like there's got to be like a beautiful like you know like john keel quote somewhere where he says something along those lines there's there's surely somebody out there that that has worded that phrase <laughs> really, really perfectly. But um, yeah, I, it's very, you'll, and you'll see people, people either love or hate Ouija boards, mm-hmm. people either love or hate them. Maybe, maybe you don't want to get the Ouija board from amazon.com. Maybe you want to create your own spirit board or see if there's a local artist that makes yes. them or somebody on Etsy who, you know, is at home during the pandemic creating right? like, you know, the spirit boards with sigils and protection on it. Who knows? Like, but, but I agree. Like, yeah, start with the pendulum. You yeah, don't have to go start dark, with the, pendulum. the other chapters. And I would also say too, with any form of divination, kind of like knowing how to protect yourself is really important. Yes. Um, Energetically protect yourself, um, but also how to ground, how, you know, so purifying and protecting your space before, And then grounding, releasing and grounding after. So having divination not just be this session where you go in and you, you know, ask a favor, but make it a a magical ritual.
0: No, I love that. So for you, and this is actually a question I get from baby witches a lot. What are your favorite ways to purify a space? And what are your favorite ways of grounding?
1: perfect okay so for purifying a space so what are my favorite ways this this took a long time to get to this but mm-hmm. if, if you could find any like you could sound i use sound um so we actually have singing bowls in the house actually i'm going to give a shout out to my friend joy because joy has let us borrow her singing bowls for the last few months, um, and we just ordered our own personal set. Nice. So, singing crystal bowls—they're huge and they resonate at different uh, tones. And I feel like that's a really powerful way of purifying the space. It's also a good way to close the space too. Hmm. Um, so you might hear of people when when they're done with a ritual, they clap or they sing or they oh, drum. Yeah or they ring a bell. So for me, I feel like the sound sort of, it brings some sort of beauty and balance into the space. There are other ways to purify area too. I mean, simple, you know, whether you want to call it prayer or magic, Mm -hmm. but just asking for, you know, purification and protection. If you're more of a hands-on person and you don't, and you are maybe more green witch inclined, um, you know working with herbal uh, smokesticks is good um, you know uh, I personally have um, rosemary and lemongrass from Ooh. my garden's past that I use you may find that there are locally sourced herbal smokesticks that you can get your hands on a lot of shops carry um, ethically sourced white sage as mm-hmm. well um, so Uh, Or other forms. You don't have to just use white sage. You could use garden sage. You could use pineapple sage. It smells really yummy. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's a very traditional way. Some people will just burn sticks of incense. Some people will set up crystals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Selenite, for me, is a very purifying crystal. It really soothes an area um himalayan like you know those crystal rock yes uh, lamps those those are really good for purifying as well i don't know where so i hope that that was a good list no i do want to say
0: real quick sorry to interrupt you i just want to say real quick what is your tiktok because there's tiktok that you you'll post tiktoks of you doing the singing bowls and it's the it's odd it's actually very relaxing when it comes up
1: I have no idea what my TikTok is. <laughs> I'm such a geezer. I'm so old. I love you. I literally have a TikTok because um, my new, my new. because John E.L. Tenney was on TikTok, and I just think he's the best, but he's only posted two things. So now I, I'm i just happy because I found other friends that have it too. Um, and I follow this comedian who does this auto-tune singing. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I found it. Okay. Keep d333 three, three, three. yeah and you can also find me on tw- uh, Twitter that's my twitter name also Kiki d333 three, three,
0: three. nice yeah because I'm so like um, <laughs> the, the yeah because when the singing bowls come up it's weird because you know I'm really bad with the doom scrolling personally
1: <laughs> aren't we all that's oh just a God. I think that's a pandemic thing too oh my just God. like scroll through the pain and the fear
0: (laughs) oh totally it's like i'll be in the shop and that will come on and i'll just put it down and listen for the 30 seconds or whatever the video is i'll
1: I'll do one when i come back go back to savannah yeah and post it (laughs) yes
0: because they're awesome i highly recommend oh sorry total sidebar i wanted to promote that a little bit uh grounding what is your favorite grounding so I feel like this is so important, and everybody has their own way. Um, it was funny. Uh, a bunch of witches I used to be in a group with didn't under like one of the newer witches asked, you know, how do you guys ground? And it became this giant argument over how to ground. It was weird.
1: Oh, wow. I I think grounding can be a personal practice. I think that, and, and I say that. We first should define grounding as, for me, what grounding represents is the, the person that's practiced, whether it's, you know, some sort of energetic work or psychic work or magical work, um, or maybe they're just really empathetic and they work in a toxic place and they just want to ground. What grounding means is reconnecting with planet Earth recognizing that you are a human having a human experience in a third dimensional reality and that Mm -hmm. when we connect to earth we can almost with our mind's eye root into gaia energy and heal and feel anchored onto planet earth and it's a way for us to just move out of that sort of like swirling vortex of of brilliant and mental and psychic energy and just coming right back to that that tactile fits five senses world um i hope that that wasn't too wordy. no i loved that (laughs) i you know and and maybe other people have a different way of interpreting grounding but grounding is meant to be sort of a a way for you to just come back to reality come back Mm -hmm. to planet earth it's really that's what it is grounding think of i'm coming back to ground coming back to planet earth. And so people have different ways of doing that. You will hear people where they say they ground by walking outside in the grass barefooted. There are people who ground by hugging a tree. Um, there are people who ground by eating. There are people who ground by doing um, root chakra activities. Ah. <laughs> like um, physical activities. Um, but you can also stretch. You can also... Uh, lay in uh is it shavasana i hope i said that correctly shavasana oh the corpse, pose, corpse pose yes and you just lay down and you just really feel your body connecting with the ground mm-hmm. um i have and i think i think it's in the book but if it isn't then your podcasters will get some bonus Ooh. content or podcast listeners um third edition I, I close my eyes and I plant my feet firmly and flat on the ground. And I envision my, almost like my spine, like anchoring deep, deep, deep into the earth Mm. and like clinging into the earth. And sometimes with my mind's eye, I'll even visualize like roots growing out from the bottom of my feet and just like, just growing down into like the core of the earth and just, really it, it's a way for you to just anchor into earth mm-hmm. and so that's a simple visualization but i mean it, i also think too of like poor harry potter when he saw the dementors and then he just ate chocolate <laughs> he felt better <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe there's something to just eating and having a fe- it, it it's interesting too because you know a lot of magical groups and and the group that i personally celebrated uh the holidays with um we would have ritual and then we would go eat we would have a huge feast and so there's something about eating and and, you know it doesn't mean that you have to like chow down and like eat like three bags of chips but I mean like maybe there's something powerful that you want to eat like a healthy kale salad or I don't know couple slices of pizza. I don't know. Chocolate. Yeah, So I guess that what I'm trying to share with you is that grounding can be a personal activity. Mm -hmm. But just think of it as a way for you to connect with Earth. Um, Yeah. Do you have a special one? A special activity? I
0: I was always one of the ones going out into the dirt. (laughs) Pushing the energy out of your body kind of thing. All the excess stuff. If there, there was a reason not to do that, I have... Giant, giant. because I'm in Colorado. Quartz is everywhere. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And and I think everybody's actually packed at the moment. But uh, huge quartz and granite pieces that you just find them everywhere. Um, I do not take them at, off of national forest land because that is illegal. I want to make that point right now before <laughs> I get emails. But, um... <laughs> No, it's like big giant quartz and just same thing. Push that energy back into the quartz and just sit there quietly and hold my quartz
1: like it's my sweet little baby kitten that's here. Oh, and and maybe even communicating with animals. I think animals are really good at helping us ground too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we have animal energy around us, they're very, I think they're incredibly aware of things that we maybe do not sense as clearly as they do um and I think they're healing allies like I'm so thankful for my cats I feel like they bring so much protection and wisdom into my world so I think that even interacting with your animals can be a grounding experience again it's tactile exactly so we keep we keep discussing tactile activities which I really love
0: um I will say I was looking at my computer. I don't know if you noticed me like getting like really close to my screen. Anybody on the Patreon can watch me do this. It's not attractive. Um, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of cats, that my brand new laptop screen is cracked because there is a tooth mark in it.
1: Oh, oh no! Podcat,
0: Podcat fail. That's I'm, a
1: fresh cat. I, I'm
0: gonna... <gasps> oh, I'm gonna no. make sure... Look at your cat! It's like... <laughs> yeah, no, she's just like, uh-huh. Bitch, keep talking. I know where you sleep. Oh,
1: no.
0: So, uh, I, I need to look and make sure that's not the case. But it sure looks that way. You're not gonna be allowed in here ever again. Um, anyways, got totally distracted. Uh, one of my other favorite ones, and I've actually recommended this to someone uh, for grounding, is you know, go and find a rock. And if you have some really bad stuff going on, put all that energy into that rock. And depending on where you are, if you can do it safely, toss that rock away from you as far as you possibly can. Or but, depending you on... you it a
1: river? How does that, Ooh, does that work?
0: That would work. That's a good one. I like that. I Like with my crystals, I always like, you know, sun, or not sun, uh, moon, the exact opposite. Uh, you know, charge them when I remember, or they get a nice little bath, that kind of thing. Right now, I don't even know where they are, so. Oh.
1: There are some really good grounding crystals as well. So, you know, we could talk about crystals that are said to activate our psychic abilities and our intuitive abilities, they're also said to be crystals that specifically support and grounding and, hmm. you know, sort of protecting us and earthing us and bringing us back to that earth energy. Um, and I know that in 2020, what it's kind of interesting. I love this too. I love that there are people now that are just like, you know, have an interaction with each of the stone and determine what that stone's energy is based on what you believe but there's also so many books out there that will tell you like this stone equals this this stone equals that so do what's best for you mm-hmm. but one of the stones that i think of is really incredibly grounding is called hematite and it's that shiny it's almost like a silvery like a very very dark metallic black silver oh, stone yeah yeah this
0: is one of jordan's favorites
1: yeah, and it's said to absorb negative energy. So, like, even if, like, you work in a negative environment or you're feeling really unhappy, like, hematite is something that's good to hold on to because it's said to absorb that, that unfun feeling. You know, it's said to be very protective. I wonder, too, if even something that may be grounding would be, like, working with a piece of petrified wood um, or oh. a, a fossil.
0: Oh, that would make sense. Mm. I love
1: that. You know, but but I know that there are specific crystals like you can find a book on it if you wanted to, and I think that I list a few um, in the book um, that are grounding because I talk about grounding in the book too.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That worked out well then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's all in that beginning. maybe I didn't. Perfect. I didn't list any, but, but I think that hematite would be a good one. I think that working with petrified wood would be a really good grounding stone. Um, and, and I wonder too, what would, what would it be like if you work with a stone that you find that's very, very common in your area, you know, like a very familiar, you know, like, like this is the, the foundation of the world around me. So, I'm going to hold a piece of this stone because
0: it will help ground me. Just food for thought. I love that, though. And There's just so much. There's so much in the book. I, I highly oh. recommend anybody go find it. Uh, totally random thing that uh, I didn't know this was in the book, but Kiki had to let me know that <laughs> the podcast is totally mentioned in the end.
1: Which makes yeah, happy. you know, I, I and this is one reason why I'm so thankful for um, for Tanya and and for Which Way, because they really allow for me to just speak from my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important to me. And so I have an appendix in the back of the book just labeled favorite things. <laughs> it's almost like it's like my my Oprah-esque moment where I just list um <laughs> the resource so there's a huge resource section by the way where depending on what form of divination you're most interested in you can go to the back and find a you know a list of books to go to to help you in your pursuit of really deepening your understanding of that specific form of divination but if you just want to know some of the people and the creative work that's out there that i love and those people that i love you can look at appendix five
0: Oh my God! Um, the, where that... I talk
1: about yeah, where I talk about my friends with podcasts <laughs> and um, wow, just you know things that I think people who are reading this book would really also gravitate towards and go yeah, I could dig this. Um, I think another thing that I mentioned in that book too is Insight Timer, which is like a phone app that I'm obsessed with. It's a meditation phone app, Ooh. and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of guided meditations that you can listen to on this phone app and it's a really beautiful resource for people that may need help getting a meditation practice in and work better with somebody kind of walking you through um what to do whether it's you know breathing in and breathing out or um you know having a a visual experience Mm -hmm. so very what i like about that resource too is there's like one minute meditations on it so like even if you have like no time like you'll find time for a one minute meditation and you can find it on that
0: (laughs) i love that i just discovered the travel traveling museum of the paranormal and occult what
1: oh yeah well and that's actually you know oh uh, greg and dana come up twice um so that is um a, a patreon, but they also have they literally have all of a uh, greg and, and Newkirk and um they are the mm. creators of hellier but they're on a few tv shows like uh you know like uh, they're unkindred spirits i remember seeing them on oh. finding bigfoot like they went to like mount shasta and finding bigfoot wow <laughs> but, um,
0: they're all yeah. over the place
1: and they, they they're just really cool people but um they carry all of these like these these haunted and unusual uh objects and they they, they bring them to different paranormal events but they talk about them and they have a patreon that people can join and they discuss these different objects but they also do investigations Um, they do live investigations so Mm. like even if like you're part of their patreon you can like watch invest you could participate as a you know somebody watching it's it's really they do a great job i love that though i had to give them a shout out because they're also really really open to divination and very very um supportive of of of, of psychic abilities and and recognizing that that could be a very powerful and valuable resource in investigating these things that we don't know about we don't have to just use emf detectors (laughs)
0: yeah oh i love that
1: though oh my god Liminal Earth is in there. That's another really interesting resource, especially for people that, um, you know, want to find out about strange and unusual places around them. Literally, liminal.earth, it's a crowdsourced map where people input different weird stuff that happens to them, and then you look at the map and you can find, like, weird things that happen around you.
0: This is the one you were telling me about last time, and I never got on because I'm like, do I want to know?
1: It's so Do cool. I have like I, time? <laughs> like, and it's weird stuff, too. It's not just like, there is this ghost, and it was a hitchhiker, and it came and it spooked me. It, although those are on there, and those are great. I'm like, but I love I mean, those.
0: Those are the ones I'd probably those, be interested in.
1: <laughs> there are, like, weird, quirky ones. Like, like, people write weird stuff. I actually wrote about a fairy encounter I had. Ooh. Um, People write about uh, UFO sightings, people write about weird dreams they have, people write about weird folkloric legends in certain locations. Um, somebody in Tennessee, my favorite one from Tennessee, somebody wrote about uh, seeing, like, a massive deer, but, like, in the middle of, like, a suburban neighborhood, kind of near a park, but, hmm. you know, I like that, too, because I think of, like, the stag, and then I start to think about green man energy, and I'm like, you know... Like, yeah. It kind of gets me going down a rabbit hole, you know. I'm sorry for the Patreon people that see the video of me <laughs> shaking all over the place.
0: <laughs> no, no, no one will know. I'll be okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so. No, that's
0: awesome. Something for another thing for me to play with later. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Kiki, for being on again. I'm so glad it worked out. Thank you for being... Patient with me while I ran around figuring out moving the last second. Oh
1: well, I'm I'm so excited for you, and I'm so thankful that you would let me come on and talk again. And I hope that yes. that that this was fun for you and, and fun for the listeners. Oh um,
0: yeah, uh, we're chatting. <laughs> where can people get the book? Because that's the most important part.
1: Oh, thank you. That's so, you. I'm so grateful. And, and really people are so fortunate to have you in the community just, Aww. you know, sharing good messages and supporting people and just lifting people up. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited for all the things that you do. Um, and, and the book, you can find it, the, you can find it at any large book retailer. So If you do shop Amazon, go for it. Go grab it on Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble is your thing. Go get it on Barnes and Noble. You could get it on Target. Um, I think it's at books too. So, so any of the large retailers, you shouldn't have a an issue finding it.
0: Score, and it.
1: Anything if you have trouble finding it, send me a message. I'll I'll help you.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love that. And you, the book, it's on pre-order now. Mm -hmm. but it comes out july 13th
1: yes so by the time folks are hearing this go get it yeah have it in your hands in a couple days
0: i just realized i was like oh yeah it will be available perfect oh my god kiki i love you so much
1: I love you too. This is so much
0: fun. I can't wait to have you on again and we'll figure it out. I just can't wait to see you. Let's just be honest. Yes. That's the main Let's thing. Let's do
1: Friendsgiving.
0: I'm so excited for Friendsgiving. You have no idea. Oh my god. I, so, because uh, I'm just going to sit here and gush over you awkwardly. I always do. Um, but yes, everybody go to Amazon or Kiki's website. Check that stuff out. Um If you're interested in the subscriptions box stuff, that will be out too. You can get Kiki's solid perfumes, and I can't get over the fact that there's a class that people can get in on free. So we're getting a little spoiled this time.
1: Yay! I love it. Love getting (laughs) spoiled, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Treat yourself.
0: (laughs) Yes. So Kiki, thank you so much, dear. Thank you. Let me stop the podcast. How do I do that again? A big thank you to the amazing Kiki Dombrowski for being on the podcast today. You can find her at kikidombrowski.com and basically all over social media. You can find the book, A Curious Feature, on Amazon and basically everywhere else books are sold. The Fog Couture subscription boxes comes out for pre-sale for subscribers tomorrow, so if you want to subscribe to the website, you can get early access, and to the public next Monday. You can find it at FogCouture.com. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow My Haunted Life Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Everything is My Haunted Life Podcast. I try to keep it easy. Don't forget that we also have a Facebook group where we have a lot of fun. And you can get early access to fun information, like, you know, those teas we were talking about. And make sure you get your favorite on the list. You can also subscribe to the Patreon page for as low as $2 a month. Just, you know, if you like it. And that's it for the show. I'll see you all next week on my haunted life podcast and until then stay spooky.